Welcome to the TeacherCast Educational Network, coming to you from the TeacherCast studios since 2011. Join us each week as we bring you the latest educational news, ed tech updates, and hottest interviews with today's most influential leaders in education. And now, for your host, Jeff Bradbury. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Teacher Cast Educational Network. My name is Jeff Bradbury. Thank you so much for joining us today and making Teacher Cast your home for professional development. This is Teacher Cast Podcast, episode number 232. And in today's episode, me and my guests are going to dive into UDL. That's right. We're going to take UDL from all the different angles. And we're going to share with you some of the secrets about how you can bring this amazing framework into your school into your classroom, and even as a coach, how can we support the bringing in of UDL and making it be successful? Hope everybody's having a great holiday season. This will be the last teacher cast episode of 2022. My goodness, it's been a great year, but I am looking forward to some great things happening in 2023. Of course, the big thing over the summertime is the ISTE conference happening in my backyard of Philadelphia. Looking forward to that. Looking forward to doing some presentations. And of course, looking forward to seeing what happens over here uh, with our family in Connecticut. I want to know how you guys are doing. Please feel free to reach out over on Twitter, over at TeacherCast. Leave us a voice message over on TeacherCast.net. And if you haven't checked out the website in a while, about a month and a half ago, we did a complete brand new redesign, totally brand new TeacherCast. And I'm going through all of our content, all of our posts, all of our podcasts, and giving everything a little bit of a new shine. So check out all of the blog posts on EdTech, on podcasting, instructional coaching, website design, Microsoft, Google, you name it. There's a lot of great stuff. Head on over to teachercast.net today. I want to say one more time, thank you for making TeacherCast your home for professional development. My first guest today is an educator from the great country of Canada. I'm it. So it's been one of those days, everybody. Let's try that one more time. <laughs> My first guest today is an educator from the great country of Canada. She has done a lot of great work in the field of UDL. I want to bring on today Ms. Kendra Grant. Kendra, how are you today? Welcome to TeacherCast. Thank you. Uh, glad to be here. I'm so excited to have you. We were talking a little bit before the show started. Um, tell the audience a little bit about yourself. You're from Canada. You, you've, you've been all over the place in education. Who is Kendra Grant? Yeah, I actually have been. I was a K-12 educator for many, many years. Um, then I was a PD provider, and that was mainly in the U.S., and it's one of the places where I ended up meeting Luis and, and forming a partnership with him. Um, I've been involved with uh, the Inclusive Learning Network and Inclusive Learning for a very long time, uh, and also lately been working in the corporate sector with uh, the adult learning piece and seeing all of the connections between how kids learn and adults learn and those connections around UDL has been a, a big part of my life uh, lately. Looking forward to hearing a little bit about those experiences. I want to bring on our next guest and your co-author, uh, Mr. Lewis Perez. Uh, I got to say, ADE, Google Certified Educator, ISTE Making It Happen Award, and, and my favorite, I saw on your Twitter feed, the TED Talk. Mr. Lewis Perez, how are you today? Welcome to TeacherCast. 
Thanks for having me. It's really exciting to be on TeacherCast. And Kendra and I have, uh, she said, a partnership that goes back a number of years. Uh, we travel around the world in many ways. Uh, and it's just really exciting to work with her. We both share a passion for universal design for learning in all settings, whether it's K-12, whether it's higher ed or the workforce, where we both have a passion for that. A few months ago, I was introduced to this term, UDL, Universal Design for Learning, and we did a great show on it. Going to make sure that the link for that is in the show notes here. But after that show, I got to be honest, we had a few people write in saying, what is this? How does it work? I'm excited that you're on today, excited that you're talking about your brand new book in partnership with ISTE called Dive Into UDL, Immersive Practices to Develop Expert Learners. Uh, Lewis, let me just start with you. For those who are hearing this term for the first time, what is Universal Design for Learning? Universal Design for Learning is a framework, so it's an instructional design framework for designing learning environments that are more flexible and that really adapt to the variability that we know exists in every group of learners. There is no one average learner. And so in order to address that variability, we need to create flexible solutions rather than one size fits all solutions. So UDL is all around creating flexible designs uh, that adapt to that learning variability. And the real goal with UDL, which a lot of people miss, is that the goal is to create expert learners. And what, by that, what I mean is people who know themselves well as learners, they know what works for them, they know what doesn't work for them, and they're able to choose the strategies that optimize learning for themselves. So that's really the goal, is to develop those expert learners who then you know, are able to learn in a variety of different environments in a variety of different ways. And is this a framework that is guiding the students? Is this a framework that's guiding the teachers? Is this a framework that's guiding the building somewhere in the middle? I think we start with the teacher because every teacher is a learner themselves. But the ultimate goal is to really transfer that responsibility for learner, for learning. And Kendra will agree with me on this. And that's really the goal is to transfer that responsibility for learning so that we have self-directed learners uh, that, again, take over some of that learning for themselves. And one of the things that I've noticed about this is the word accessible. And Kendra, you and I were, were using this word before we started recording. When we say accessible or accessibility or anything, any version of that, what exactly do we mean by that? You know what? I'm going to give that one to Luis because he's our accessibility guy, <laughs> and I think he'll, ex he'll explain it even better than I will. Well, accessibility really is foundational for UDL. Uh, you can't have UDL without accessibility. Uh, that's really where the framework started historically, was with making sure that students who were in the margins of education had access to their learning. And so by access, sometimes people are very confused what we mean by that term. It's not just making things available to learners, but also making sure that once they're available, they're actually usable, that you can use them for learning. So the goal with Universal Design for Learning is to take accessible information and turn it, turn it into usable knowledge. So accessibility really is the floor when it comes to Universal Design for Learning. But Universal Design for Learning goes beyond just making mm -hmm. things accessible. And Kendra, you probably have something to add to that as well. Yeah, and I mean, we, didn't, we haven't really talked about 
the vertical nature of UDL, that why, what, and how. Um, and there's a whole piece of that, but there's also these layers. And I think, Louise, you just talked about the top layer, that access layer. If learners can't get access to the information, everything else falls apart. That the next layer after that is that build. And I call that kind of passing the baton, where you're helping learners build the skills they need to own their own learning. We can't just kind of throw them into the deep end of the pool and expect them all to swim. And we know that some of them will have different skills. And then the bottom layer is really that, what I call the hidden curriculum. And those are the things like your executive functions and your ability to self-regulate. All of those important skills that we sometimes forget about, we assume learners have those skills and we know even as ourselves sometimes don't have every executive function working the way we want it to. So it's really about how do you build that into your design as well so you make it accessible, help them build those skills for ownership and then focus on those hidden, that hidden curriculum so that learners can really become expert learners. We're starting to talk a little bit about UDL in my own school district. And one of the questions that came out of a recent discussion that we had is, how do you start this? Is this something that has to be top-down? Is this something that, as an instructional coach, we can bring into a classroom? If we are somebody that uh, understands UDL, wants to bring UDL into our schools, can we just move in a direction without actually labeling it with a teacher? I mean, sometimes a coach has a th theory or philosophy in their mind. Don't always have to put a tag on it. How do you start this and how do you build this as a philosophy? I think when you have the most success with UDL, it's really uh, with first thinking about what you're already doing. That could be UDL because a lot of UDL is good teaching. But I add to that. It's not just good teaching, it's good teaching for everybody and by design. And that's really core to UDL is that you're being proactive in terms of designing those flexible options into the curriculum. Uh, so you're not leaving it to chance, you're actually planning. And Kendra and I really believe in learning experience design. So every teacher is a designer. Every teacher needs to be intentional about what they do so that that good teaching doesn't happen by chance, it's actually by design. I think one of the things in, the, in schools that sometimes happens is we get programs that are introduced to us and there's step by step and here's what we need to do. And with UDL, I think you need to understand the framework, but it really is personal. It's a personal journey for you. Um, and we talk a lot about that in the book. The book doesn't actually start with UDL. It starts, starts with your professional learning. What do you want to learn? And so I think it is important for teachers to understand that it is UDL and what this framework is, but also telling them what it isn't. It's not a checklist. It's not a set of instructions. It's really this personal journey for improving how learning happens in your class. And I, I think that's exciting because you can, as we say in our book, you can start anywhere. You know, you can dip your toe in, right? You can wade in, you can take a shallow swim or you can do a deep dive depending on your background, your experience and what you want to do. And I think that's important because that means that it's open for all teachers. I mean, I know a lot of coaches get kind of cornered into the, the teacher I'm working with isn't very techie. And so I'm limited, but everything that I'm learning about UDL, this is something that you can bring in and build this framework around your entire teaching staff and support it with not just your, I'll call it your tech coaches, but really all of your curricular coaches, wouldn't you say? 
And I would, I would definitely agree with that. And I would say that um, if you're designing a UDL environment, um, as we said, over time, you give some of that responsibility for learning to students. And if you're doing all the work, then I wouldn't say that that's UDL. If you're making all the decisions, then you're not really teaching how to be an expert learner. So in some ways, UDL, it's you have to give up some of the reins in some mm -hmm. ways. You have to co-design the learning environment and the learning experiences with learners. And I think sometimes that's one of the most difficult things to do as a teacher, but it is going to make things better. And you're going to prepare students for the future if you give them the opportunity. You can't learn to make decisions if you're not given that opportunity to make decisions about learning. Yeah, and I think what it does too is it, sets you up as a learner in front of the uh, in front of your students so you're taking a risk you're showing them that you know you have a jagged profile you know you're not great in everything you have things you still need to learn and i think that conversation with learners does bring you into that the co-learner role rather than you know you're the expert and they're the the novice and i know Luis, you talk about expert and novice which i love um that co quote because it's that idea that you know in anything you may be an expert in some things and you may be a novice in others and sharing that as a teacher i think is really important talking today to kendra grant and lewis perez all about their brand new book called dive into udl from isd books uh talk to us a little bit about the book uh, how long did it take and it, it is the second edition so what did you learn from the first edition that made you say let's do this again well i think the the biggest thing that we learned is uh, that we practice udl with each other mm. and this time around we had a pandemic to contend with and we learned how to use um even more the digital tools that uh, we mastered the first time because Kendra and I being in different countries and seeing ourselves uh, in person, maybe once a year, twice a year, we've really learned um, how to work remotely. And uh, I think we refined that process this time around and took a lot from our experience that we brought into the book as well. Yeah, I think in the, the first edition, we our final three chapters, we were, you know, you're never happy with everything, but it was really this opportunity also to kind of break that down in a different way. We wanted more examples because we, I really feel like examples help people when they see themselves in the text. Mm -hmm. And then the big thing for me with the pandemic was this, you know, we're hearing a lot about mental health issues and all of these kind of the, the inequity that's around. And we were able to address some of that. Part of it was in the design of how you might design your online learning. But again, kind of the idea of how do you create a safe learning environment where, le where learners can take risks, UDL can really help you do that. And I think that was a big piece of the, the book as well, where we changed it. There's also a companion to the book, which you can go over to diveintoudl.com. I've been flipping through this over the last couple of days. Uh, first of all, great website. Love the design. Love how easy it is. Walk us through a little bit about what we can find when we head over there. Because you've got slides, you've got outlines, you've got uh, videos, you've got a number of things. What can we expect to learn from diveintoudl.com? Well, I would say, you know, you know, I think it, it, oh, go ahead. <laughs> I, I would say it's difficult to model UDL in a print book. Uh, print is a fixed format, so it kind of is difficult to demonstrate the flexibility of UDL with a print format. And so we felt like the design of the book obviously gives some options for 
people that are learning from it. You know, like Kendra said, you can dip your toes, you can go for shallow swim or take a deep dive. So that's an example of a design that's flexible and it's based on UDL principles. But with a website, you know, we can really shine when it comes to accessibility and when it comes to that flexibility. You can resize the tags, you can do all these other things with flexible uh, uh, digital content. But we also wanted to make sure that we model accessibility best practices so that we have descriptions for the images. We have videos that are closed captioned. So we really feel like the website is an integral component of the experience of Dive into UDL. I think the other thing for me was um, just giving more examples for people. So you'll notice that on each page, you can kind of go down and again, there's more examples. But one of the things I really like, and I think we've had thousands of people take our assessment. So we always want to say to people, it's not a, a test, but it's a way for you to kind of gauge where your understanding of UDL is. And they'll just, you can take it and say, okay, you know what? I don't know a lot. I'm going to just put my toe in here. Or you might find out you actually know more than you, you realize. And it just gives you a, an idea of where you can start. And the other thing that we included there was the UDL planning guide, which again is just another way to look at UDL with lots of different ideas to help you plan and organize. And I know I'm the sort of person that once I see an idea, I can run with it, but sometimes I can't find the idea. So we just put that into a, a PDF or us actually set of slides in Google Slides for you to kind of go in and just find ideas. Hopefully it's not overwhelming because for me, again, it's really about whatever you do to improve your classroom, whether it's a small thing or a big thing, it's moving forward and helping learners. And so we just want to always be positive about every, every new thing we do is beneficial to our learners. One of the things that I always try to keep my eye on with different initiatives, different frameworks, different parts of education is how can the role of the instructional coach be used to support this? Um, many of my listeners are also listening to my other show, Ask the Tech Coach. And, you know, on that show, we're always digging into, okay, this is wonderful for education. How can we support it? So I'm going to ask each of you now, if your school district is moving into UDL, how can you support this as a curricular coach, instructional coach, technology coach, in what ways can your instructional coaching staff support teachers in the school to make sure that they're not only meeting the goals, meeting the framework, but also that the students are getting the benefit of all the hard work that, that's being put into this? Do you want to go first, Kendra? Yeah, you know, I'm just just trying to thinking. For me, it really would help frame conversations with teachers because, again, um, I think if you're going to be a coach, you might want to. I'm going to plug the book. It'd be great if you read the book because it will give you ideas that you can then again go in and you can say, well, you know, this teacher is probably at the weighed in level. I've got questions. I've got, if I go to the website, I've got reflective questions I can ask them. If you look at the book, we have all kinds of activities for people to do. We have uh, videos where you can go watch them. And there's ones like, you know, the, the one about the spot, the gorilla, you know, spot the, the basketball being thrown around. And do you see the gorilla in the room? Like all kinds of great resources for you to take. And if, even if you look at the um, introductory page of our website, we have have um, the video alike. So again, just a great conversation starter. So absolutely, if you're supporting teachers, UDL is the way to go because it can frame whatever you're doing, whether you're a tech coach, whether you're in special education, whether your curriculum design, it really fits with whatever, whatever your focus is. 
And I would say that will only make the practice stronger is if you mm -hmm. have a team approach to implement the universal design for learning practices so that um, you can examine what each of you is doing. You can share ideas and a big part of UDL is being reflective, reflective about practice and learning from practice. And so much of education is solitary in a way. We do what we do, but then, uh, you know, there's great power in that, but there's also some limitations. So sometimes it's important to, you know, share your practice, have people observe you, share ideas. And I think that's only going to make the implementation that much stronger. One of the things that I know that is very valuable to you, both as educators and as authors, is your community. Uh, you've got a great community over on Twitter. You can use the hashtag dive into UDL, but you've also got a dive into UDL Facebook page. I'm curious whether it be the first time you wrote the book or this time that you wrote the book, what has your community taught you about UDL? And you know what, just for that Facebook page, I started it this time and now you've given me the impetus to get going on it. <laughs> you know what, I think for me, I, they've just taught me how many innovative ways there are to implement UDL and all of the the actual things that people are doing that are UDL and just, um, just watch them grow and I watch them support each other. And there's a lot of these aha moments. I remember, Luis, when we did our um, course, we did our SOUC, our small supported social open online course um, and just the amount of support that people gave their um, real understanding and growth around how they need to provide multiple means as they did something. And I think we just had this overwhelming sense of community. It, it really brought people together um, around this one idea. And it, that for me was really powerful. And, and Twitter is integral to the book. Um, throughout the book, we have prompts. Uh, for people to reflect on what they've read and what they've learned, and then to go on Twitter and share some of those reflections. So that's, again, uh, we're practicing UDL throughout the book. Uh, even though we're starting with a print resource, it really is a connection of different things, social media, the website, and so on, that, that really make it work uh, together. The book, of course, is called Dive Into UDL, available from ISTE Books. You can get it on the Amazon website, you can get it from ISTE. We also have a link right here in our show notes to make sure that you can check that out at any point in time. What is next for you, Kendra? What is next for you, Lewis? Where, as we start to head into 2023 and look, look ahead here, what are you looking forward to in the new calendar year? Well, for me, it's just continuing to promote accessibility. Uh, for me, it's a personal mission. It's a professional mission. I am a, a person with a disability myself. And so making the world more accessible and inclusive is a selfish pursuit for me. Um, I want to be a world where I can thrive in terms of my career, in terms of my hobbies. So I will just continue to push accessibility wherever I can. Um, I've got a couple of thoughts that I'm, I'm working on. And one is because ISTE is now co uh, connected or combined with ASCD. And whether the ID, Louise, I haven't talked to you about this, whether we create a book for administrators and district level and, and perhaps coaches, although I think our book can help anyone, but maybe something specific. Um, and I'm also really interested in doing something for corporate learning. And, you know, we talked earlier, Jeff, about the fact that, you know, for me, real diversity in a corporate setting is when we recognize that everyone learns in a different way and we address that. And I don't think most 
corporate environments um, do that successfully. I think they're trying to, but the idea of owning your own learning in corporate learning, I think is still elusive to most people. So I'd love to make a book. Anybody out there wants to write a book with me, um, I'd love to be able to write a book about that. You heard it here first, an ASCD or other book on UDL for leadership. Guys, I want to say thank you for coming on. You know, we talked a little bit about this also. Would love to make this a habit and get you on and and continue this topic because this is something that is amazing. It's it's important. And, you know, when you hear the word framework, it's not just something that you can pick up in a 20 minute podcast. This is something that needs to be explored and unpacked. And, you know, Lewis, I'd love to do a show just on accessibility and how do you unpack all of that terms and stuff. So please just uh, come back on the show at some point in 2023. Would love to have you guys on Kendra, where can we learn more about the great things you're doing? Please feel free to plug your socials. Uh, Mine is Kendra F grant is my Twitter handle. Um, and also on LinkedIn, same thing. So anybody wants to join me on LinkedIn and we have, like we said, we have as well. And for me, the best way to stay in touch is through Twitter. I'm I on access, uh, E Y E O N A X S. And of course, we want to say one more time, thank you to our guests and thank you guys for taking the time. I hope you're having a great holiday season. This has been teacher cast podcast, episode number 232. I thank you guys for making TeacherCast your home for professional development. And that wraps up this episode on behalf of Lewis and Kendra and everybody here in the TeacherCast Educational Network. My name is Jeff Bradbury, reminding you guys to keep up the great work in your classrooms and continue sharing your passions with your students. You've been listening to the TeacherCast Educational Network, hosted by Jeff Bradbury. Please reach out to the show with all of your questions on Twitter at TeacherCast or online at www.teachercast.net. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast so you don't miss any future episodes. And please take a moment to write a review in the app 